Welcome to the Alpha Female Podcast with me, your host, Robin Baldwin. This show is to inspire you to embrace living like an alpha female. But what is an alpha female? An alpha female is a powerful and assertive woman. Her confidence is due to being an intelligent and intellectual problem solver. She chooses ambition and is proud of it, but strives for a happy and healthy work-life harmony. An alpha female puts herself first, sticks to her priorities, but nurtures relationships with all the people in her life. So let's get started. If you're listening to this show, you've been drawn to create work-life harmony in your life. I wanted to share a quick story on why I fell in love with essential oils back in 2014. So after my MS diagnosis, I won an intro kit by doTERRA that included a bottle of peppermint, lavender, and lemon essential oil. At the time, I was trying to figure out how to take care of myself differently than I was before, and one of the building blocks of health that I was tackling at the time was getting better sleep. I had horrible insomnia. After leaving a toxic relationship in 2012, I was filled with so much anxiety most nights, and my brain was always racing. I couldn't stop my thoughts. So this is when I was trying to set up a more conscious evening routine. And I would simply put two drops of lavender in an Epsom salt bath every night. And slowly this became the routine that signaled to my body it was time to go to bed. After I ran out of the doTERRA oil and grabbed another bottle of lavender from the health food store, I opened it and realized instantly when smelling it that it wasn't the same. And that's when I started beginning to research the company that I eventually fell in love with. So doTERRA's practices from sourcing the essential oils from the best place in the world that the plant grows, using sustainable sourcing methods, and truly empowering farmers and harvesters with the co-impact sourcing method, and then having incomparable transparent testing practices to create pure, potent, and therapeutic-grade essential oils uh, were absolutely amazing. And then finally, the company has a heart of gold through their Healing Hands Charitable Division. They empower farmers and harvesting communities and bring them necessities that they need to thrive. So if we go into a community to harvest a specific essential oil, and let's say the community doesn't have a school, then the Healing Hands charity is able to bring that to the community. Sometimes it's running water, sometimes it's health clinics, sometimes it's building hospitals, but that's what truly made me fall in love with the company. So if you haven't had a chance to sample doTERRA essential oils yet, I'd love to send you a few samples. So find me on Instagram. Just go to at Robin Baldwin, R-O-B-Y-N-B-A-L-D-W-I-N. And just send me a DM saying I want oils. And then from there, we'll chat about what your body is needing in terms of self-care so I can make you a personalized care package. Have you downloaded the Work-Life Harmony worksheet yet? In this free guide, I walk you through how to optimize five key areas of your life so that you can start designing your own work-life harmony. So from nutrition to supplements, sleep, stress management, and reducing your toxic load, I share tips and tricks that get you thinking on how you can optimize your life currently. So I ask you simple questions that just get you to rethink different aspects of your life. I walk you through a prioritization exercise so you can figure out which area of your life you actually want to maybe overhaul or tackle or just make small changes in first. So you can download that over at bit.ly forward slash work life harmony worksheet, all one word, bit.ly forward slash work life harmony worksheet. 
You are listening to the Alpha Female Podcast, episode 172. All links and show notes can be found over at robinbaldwin.com forward slash podcast. So we're diving right into our next topic series. I don't know if you guys missed me. We took a little bit of a break after the autoimmune thriving series, and now we're diving into yoga. So I'm trying to bring you a broad spectrum of guests, those that I have met locally in Ottawa, some that have reached out to be on the show, others that I've reached out to, to be on the show. So I'm hoping that I give you a really good kind of collection of chats around different styles and practices of yoga, philosophy, spiritual teachings, um, the business of yoga, just a whole bunch of things. So I'm really hoping you enjoy this next series. So let's get right into today's guest. We have Alicia Dirksen on the show. She's a hands-on yoga teacher who loves to lead a strong and intentional flow. She's a full-time teacher with firm roots in the Ottawa yoga community. Now you can guess how we met and a connection to her students. Alicia's classes are fun, dynamic, and progressive, weaving the physical practice with spiritual teachings and inspiration centered around a focus or a theme. Alicia loves to teach inversion workshops. She has an amazing handstand, host international retreats, and connect with the global community of yogis. She's the co-founder of Yoga Adventure Retreats and the In Alignment School of Yoga, which hosts a yearly 200-hour yoga teacher training in in beautiful Bali, which if you have listened to the show before, you know I am a graduate of that school. So you can find more of her over at aliciadirksen.com. Let me spell it for you. It's A-L-E-Y-S-H-A-D-E-R-K-S-E-N.com. So I'm recording this bio the day after we recorded the interview. I just got back from her class at the new yoga town that opened in Barhaven, which is where I live in Ottawa. And I'm on a little bit of a yoga high, but also I absolutely loved our conversation yesterday and I wanted to let it sink in before I recorded the bio. I believe I am the first podcast Alicia has been on. I can't confirm that, but absolutely loved our conversation. She is so intentional with her choice of words and really pauses before speaking. And I absolutely adore that as an interviewer. It's hard because I didn't know if she was done. So sometimes I felt like I was cutting her off, but I just wanted to give you that perspective and gratitude for how intentional she is. There was one part that we talked about afterwards and and she was like, I don't know if I got my point across properly. So I asked her, I asked her what it was like to create retreats. Why did she create retreats? Why does she love creating retreats? And she said, that retreats are really for people that have a certain skill set because you have to have um, you have to have a strong skill set in organization. You really have to love to host and hold space for people and take care of people and be a facilitator. So I said I would record that part in the bio in case it wasn't completely captured by our conversation. So I just wanted to give you a little bit of the back detail in there. So without further ado, let me finish chatting and let's get right into our show. Welcome, Alicia, to the show. Hi, Robin. Thanks so much for having me. I am so excited. You are my very first podcast guest in the yoga series. Um, Oh, wow. Cool. 
I was really excited to one, ask you to come on the show. Um, and I feel like it was like, I kind of made it a yoga series just so I could get you on the show. No, I'm kidding. Uh, (laughs) Um, but when I sent over the definition of what an alpha female is, according to myself in this podcast community, what did you think of it? Well, I thought that you encompassed a lot in your definition, which is which is awesome because an alpha female will definitely wear many hats and have so many different points of focus in their life. Mm-hmm. I think that you really nailed it with the with the work life harmony, mm. and that's and that's something that's so important. I think for mm. especially women that are running their own business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was so focused on making sure that it was about uh, work-life harmony and not balance. Cause I had always called it work-life balance. That was, that, that was what I taught. That's what I believed in my early twenties. And one of my very first guests called it work-life harmony. And I was like, and it just landed so hard. I was like, Oh, that makes sense because sometimes mm-hmm. your day isn't equal. And for me, balance means equal. Um, And I was always striving to have equal amount of hours spent working a day and equal amount of hours spent doing life a day. And it's not always possible. So um, that kind of gave me permission to structure my days how I wanted. Um, And when people ask me about the podcast, I kind of do the quick elevator speech. Like it's about work-life harmony, but staying happy and healthy at the same time. Um, And that's, I think, where this podcast has really become such a passion point for me is getting people to talk about how they take care of themselves going after their goals. Absolutely. And just having those priorities in line and very clear and setting those boundaries. And I think that that's, that that's something that's really important for an alpha female is to really have those boundaries, be clear on them, Hmm. what you need for your, you know, sanity, (laughs) self-care. Yeah. I'm surprised yeah. that the brightest star in her constellation didn't jump out at you because like most of my my yoga uh, peeps like just like immediately jump on that one. They're like, oh, I love that part. <laughs> the brightest star in her constellation. That's interesting. I did not. I don't know. I don't necessarily believe that I am the brightest star in my constellation. I'm surrounded by so many beautiful, bright women and entrepreneurs and influencers and people that are just owning what they're doing that, I mean, I'm happy to be in their presence. (laughs) And I think that collectively we're, we're all doing really cool things, but I wouldn't say that I'm, you know, brighter than (laughs) another. Another? Oh, okay. I love that. Oh, that's a really good perspective. That's cool. So then um, we've talked about what resonates with you, but how, how would you say that you embody an alpha female yourself? Mm. Well, I think in your definition, you had said something about never being complacent and always striving for better, for better. Yeah. yeah. And to nur- nurture relationships and continue to evolve. And I feel like that's really something that I've always tried to keep in mind is that it is you're always evolving. It's an evolution of yourself mm-hmm. and striving to be better than you were last year or last week or even just yesterday. Mm-hmm. That that's that that is something that I I'm always working towards is that best 
version of me, my highest self. I love that. Okay. So we read in your bio that you're a full-time yoga teacher. You have founded a yoga adventure retreat company. You're now a yoga teacher training with the In Alignment School of Yoga, which I have graduated from personally. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so doing all these things, uh, what does work-life harmony now look like for you? Well, it means that when I'm home, because a lot of these ventures do take me international places and I travel quite a bit while I'm working that when I'm home, I am completely present here for my students who come to my classes on a weekly basis that I'm, that I'm not taking unnecessary amounts of time off work when I'm actually in town or I'm present in my in the life of, you know, my family and my dogs. And I'm, when I'm not traveling, I'm here, like, and I'm fully here. So it can get really, you can easily get caught up in that planning process of, oh, I'm so excited for Bali in February again. And then (laughs) just kind of, that's where you are in your mind is in the future. (laughs) And it gets really exciting. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Oh, this next retreat's going to be amazing. I can't wait. But taking the time to separate yourself from that, you know, fantasy of where you, where, where you're going or where your goals are mm-hmm. and where you actually are right now. <laughs> well, it's gotta be a fine balance between marketing the future So you're like constantly talking about the future because you have to, to Mm. fill the spots, uh, to finding the harmony of, you know, this is my schedule this week and I have to be so present prepping for the classes, make sure, making sure that I am my highest self for them, taking care of myself, eating the best for my body, getting the right amount of sleep and then balancing or harmonizing that out with, I need to talk about Bali. I need to talk about my next Arizona retreat, um, or whatnot. So how do you, do, are you a scheduler, a planner? Do you like map it all out or do you flow intuitively? I feel like I flow intuitively in that sense. I mean, I think that when it comes to making marketing posts on, you know, Instagram or Facebook or whatever, that's definitely a planned process. You know, you plan strategically when those are going to be coming out, but other than that, I feel pretty intuitive with, you know, when's an appropriate time to discuss, you know, what I've got going on with, with people or my students, you know, and when is it time to just be there to listen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So was that something you had to learn or ever since you've become a teacher, was that just something that was so natural to you? I think as I get older, my intuition is being strengthened. And I'm learning to trust that more and more. And that's something that definitely takes experience, like life experience of not listening to your intuition (laughs) before you figure out that you're almost always going to be better off when you listen to your gut (laughs) over sometimes your heart or your head. Yeah. So I actually don't know what led you to become a yoga teacher. Oh, Well, I was a gymnast for many years and 
when I retired from gymnastics, I needed a way to keep my body. It was originally all about the body, um, mobile, flexible, strong, all the things that, you know, you've trained your entire life to, to have or to feel. And then when you stop doing a sport, then you don't want to lose that. Right. So I started to go to yoga classes and really fell in love with the practice. And it wasn't really until I actually took my teacher training when the spiritual or the mental aspects of the practice really came into my life. And that was 2013. I took my teacher training and I didn't have the intention of teaching. It was more just something to deepen my own practice to go. It was also kind of like a rough time in my life at that point. I was, I had like, was not happy in the work I was doing. I had a relationship, significant relationship in my life that had fallen apart. Um, it was just sort of a comes, came at a time when I needed it. Hmm. And I immediately fell in love with the community of people Hmm. and that energy that it brought into my life, the support, the non-judgment. It was just a really beautiful thing that I hadn't experienced in friend groups Hmm. up until that point. And I was looking for a way to make that more present in my life on a regular basis. And it just ended up that I decided I'm going to leave my full-time salary management position at a restaurant and go to (laughs) teaching classes (laughs) here and there. We're picking up where I could and following something that just felt really good. That wasn't necessarily about the money. Mm -hmm. It was just intuitively, again, you know, that that's where you should be. Hmm. And I, I listened to that and it, it led me, let me hear. So Hmm. I'm, yeah. That's so cool. So was there a specific moment? I always ask my guests, like, was there a time when you actually believed in work-life balance and things felt out of whack? Did you ever have an aha moment that taught you to take care of yourself differently? Was it the choice of taking the teacher training or was it like the choice of just going to a yoga class? So I don't know if it was a specific moment, but there was, again, when I was a full-time manager, I was working upwards of 50 hour plus weeks. Hmm. These are late nights. These are uh, not the type of, it's not the atmosphere that you feel nourished at the end of your day, you feel (laughs) depleted. Mm. And I was tired and I was dehydrated and I was, you know, I was eating decent meals, but they were, it was all restaurant food, Mm -hmm. uh, which is, I mean, the restaurant I worked at was beautiful and the food's amazing, but at the same time, it's, it's not your own home cooked food. You know, there's a difference in, in like the energy and the love that's been put into that. (laughs) So I was, I was definitely not in my best place. I love, I love the word depleted. Um, so I'm going to shift gears in terms of teaching full time. 
that's a very giving exercise. Uh, you're speaking constantly. You're constantly looking on the, around the room, you know, taking in what your students are doing, even feeling the energy in the room. So how do you come home at the end of the day and not feel depleted from teaching yoga? Well, I learned very quickly that you can't teach as many classes as you can say yes to. <laughs> so learning to set those boundaries and actually say, I can't sub that class hmm. today because I'm already teaching two others or three others and just knowing those limits and it varies with the days of the week. And I can feel that, you know, I have less energy near the end of the week and earlier on, I'm able to take on more. How do you kind of put like a bubble around you so that you can be the most present and protected while not absorbing their energy? So this is an interesting approach, but I, I don't really give people what they want in that moment. <laughs> where they want to be antsy and they want to be fidgeting and adjusting and getting their hair all done up. And I will sit and I will wait. <laughs> I will wait until you are ready to lie down and be still. And then we're going to lay there and be still until everyone's still. <laughs> so, I mean, that might take five minutes, might take a little longer at that point. Mm -hmm. you need to really take control of that and just really start to do some breath work to get people in like out of their heads into their bodies. Mm -hmm. But taking the time to really own the energy in the room rather than the room owning you yeah. and controlling, dictating the pace of the class or mm -hmm. giving everyone the chance to tune into your energy and even just, just by holding that space, even in, in silence, mm -hmm. it doesn't need to be that you're guiding them through a meditation. It can just be that you're holding that space in silence mm. That's or so cueing just simple breath. Yeah. There's something else that you do in classes. And I'm assuming people have told you this over the years, but you always provide a challenge that you know someone's going to hate you for, but then like love you afterwards. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like that was the hardest class. Oh, but I really needed that. But like, I was really mad at you at the beginning. <laughs> Did you have an experience like that with me? Oh, of course. I, well, <laughs> I don't think in Bali, but like being a student of yours for several years before coming to Bali, um, there's, there was definitely classes where I was like, Oh, that was hard but I needed it. Or mm. I was expecting a flow and we held positions way longer than I wanted to. <laughs> but it, yeah. I don't, and, I, I was, <laughs> and everyone has a different experience, obviously, but I'm assuming that I'm not the only one that has had this in your class. And it's just like at the end, they're just like, thank you. But I was totally cursing your name earlier in the class. <laughs> I think because a lot of my classes are power mm -hmm. classes. Mm -hmm. But my power is different than most. It's it's a slow, intentional practice. Mm -hmm. Whereas a lot of people associate power with let's go fast, let's flow. Uh, we need more strength, but we also need more stability. We need to be, we need more grounding mm -hmm. generally in our lives. And that's what I tend to gear my 
power practices towards is that that slow, steady, really intentional pace. And people don't like that. (laughs) Sometimes in the moment, in the moment, they get really antsy. Yeah. But then again, it's, it's that, it's that challenge. It's like, how do you get out of your head? Mm -hmm. How can you just get into your body, take a few breaths in stillness, allow yourself to feel whatever it is that you need to feel because Mm -hmm. it's it's clearly there and you need to feel it. It's going to come out one way or the other. So just let it go. (laughs) And then, and then move through it, move Mm on. Mm -hmm. I've had some interesting conversations on the podcast. I did a series on feminine and masculine energy. And I always associated masculine energy with be and uh, sorry, do energy, like get things done, task oriented, um, and feminine energy is be like stillness, quiet. And I had a guest come on at the beginning of the series and was like, no, feminine energy is like movement and flow uh, and like feeling your feelings. I was like, movement and flow really I thought my morning meditation practice was feminine energy and she's like no that's your divine masculine and as someone who is very heavy in their masculine energy especially during the day when I am you know doing marketing task after a marketing task and I drop into a yoga class in the evening um I'm still like my body is still in that forward motion and that forward momentum And having that stillness and that power practice that is very focused on holds is just kind of like a shock to my nervous system. And it's like, it tells my brain, you should be angry now. You wanted to move faster. (laughs) Hello, Pitta. Yeah, right? (laughs) And the... But the, but the divine masculine practice is something that is um, so appreciated. And I don't think a lot of people recognize that that is, a, is something that someone heavy in masculine energy also needs in their life. That movement and flow and feminine energy classes like um, mm. a fast vinyasa flow is amazing. But the, the slow power is also necessary. Yeah. And it's not to say that the entire class is like that is structured around that. Like there's definitely movement, there's definitely flow, but it's, it, there's a strong emphasis on stability over flexibility Hmm. and the ability to, again, allow yourself just a moment, even if it's after, you know, a beautiful dancer's pose, just taking a second to ground to come back, to close your eyes, to be still, to feel that energy rising, that prana life force within you, allow yourself to, to take that in, to observe it, Mm -hmm. to be still just for a moment Mm -hmm. with that. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Let's switch gears a little bit and just go back to like a high level topic, but what does yoga mean to you? Or how would you define it? Hmm. It's a big question. It's a very big question. Uh, <laughs> to me, to me, practicing yoga is it's the practice of reminding yourself of your connection to the world around you, and it's in that remembering that we're all connected. There's an intricate web that we are all a part of that we can 
live our lives with more compassion, make choices that support our personal integrity and will benefit the greater good of all. Mm. One of the things that stuck out most from the teacher training when we were doing philosophy conversations or um, understanding the spirituality aspect of yoga was just the simple, and it became a bit of a joke, but the simple statement, like, now begins the practice of yoga. Now begins the practice of yoga. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now. And it was literally like, all right, now you have to go to lunch. Now begins the practice of yoga. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't um, something that I think is such an easy statement, but was very revealing to me that it's not just when we land on our mat and start moving through the physical practice, um, but it's, you know, standing up and walking out of the yoga studio room or yeah. le leaving the beautiful retreat in Bali. Like that is when yeah. the practice of yoga begins. Um, so that was kind of cool to, to learn that during the training. Absolutely. That it's, it's ongoing. It, it's never in, it's not something that you are going to do or have done. It's what you are yeah, it's never right now. It's never, how you're approaching this, this moment, this, it's never this in practice completion. now. <laughs> yeah. It's never in completion either. Um, no. It's yeah. like the cheesy, right. uh, it's not a destination. It's a journey kind of thing, but I don't think in our entire lifetime we'll ever understand all the intricacies of what yoga can actually mean to us unless we hit enlightenment really fast. <laughs> it's all yoga, baby. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> it all is. What would you say you're most passionate about in the yoga world? I'm not sure. <laughs> Because you're, uh, you're very much a multi-passionate entrepreneur, you know, you, okay. you teach and then you're like, Ooh, let me, let me do retreats. Uh, Ooh, now let me start a teacher trainer. Oh, I kind of see what you're saying. Can yeah, we start over? For sure. <laughs> so what would you say you're most passionate about in the yoga world? I really love connecting people. I love creating community. That to me is the most rewarding part of my job is making those connections and then seeing other people that have been brought together by yoga or whether that's a retreat that I've hosted or how incredibly close you all got in Bali, seeing that and seeing those relationships develop and nurture. And it's, it's really cool to be in the position of somebody who can facilitate that collective, that's probably what I'm most passionate about right now is just continuing to expand and grow that community outwards so that it reaches more people and everybody can hopefully feel a part of something or feel that, that energy of being connected somehow. Mm -hmm. I love that. So when you started creating retreats, um, let's, let's say somebody is listening to this and they're either a yoga teacher, or maybe they're looking to become one. And they're thinking about, oh, maybe this is something I can do after I get certified and start teaching. 
what piece of advice would you give to that yogi? Who wants to lead their own retreats? Yeah. I would say start somewhere that you know very well. Start somewhere that you feel comfortable and don't expect that your first retreat is going to be smooth and amazing and everything that you ever dreamed of, you probably won't make any money your first time. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a learning curve. <laughs> Just like anything else, you know, you live and you learn. Mm -hmm. And those retreats, they're really fun and it's a great way to travel. But unless you are incredibly organized and can take on that, that job of, you know, whether it's 10 or 20, probably not 20, but maybe <laughs> 15 guests that you are responsible for. It's, it's a large undertaking. So <laughs> tread cautiously. <laughs> no, it's, it's really fun. I would say, try it out try it out. And it's not for everyone. I know people that have run retreats and they just are like, yeah, that was really overwhelming. <laughs> I don't think I want to do that. Yeah. Whereas I thrive in that energy. I love, I love keeping things organized and spreadsheets. And I like, <laughs> you know, I need that. I like that order. Pardon me. I see you fellow Pitta. Fellow Pitta. Yeah. <laughs> But it's a lot of the behind the scenes. It's the things that you don't see that, mm -hmm. that are really, that are really what make the retreat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what would you say? Okay. So this is geared to a yoga teacher, but even I have a lot of online entrepreneurs that listen um, and corporate women. How did you pick yourself back up after the first retreat that maybe didn't do as well? Well, it wasn't that it didn't do as well. It was just that I hadn't managed my expectations hmm. and I had placed quite a bit of uh, trust in other people okay. to do things to help me. And <laughs> I ended up having to do a lot more myself. So the, and, yeah. So the expectation part is interesting because with anything, so let's say someone's launching an online course or they're, you know, uh, setting out to teach their first yoga class and you like have this expectation, like, or retreat, like I have eight spots. I want to sell it out. So like you have a goal and therefore it creates an expectation. And let's say you only sell seven. Um, that's so hard for one alpha females to uh, those who have listened to the Ayurveda conversations understand the whole Pitta jokes, but like three as a Pitta. Um, <laughs> and it's so important to, ha I think, have a gratitude practice and like take a step back and say, wait, 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 I've organized something. Seven people signed up for my thing. I need to be grateful for those seven people and not worry about that one, that one spot that wasn't full or filled. And I think that's the hardest thing for an alpha female is to kind of take a step back, especially when they set um, a big audacious goal for themselves. Yeah, I think you really nailed it with the gratitude practice, the idea that it's not about what could have been, but it is what 
what are you working with now? What do you currently have in front of you? And it's probably seven amazing humans. And I found (laughs) that sometimes the smaller retreats are more intimate and they actually end up being a more nurturing experience for everybody. Like everybody feels more energized Hmm. or re-energized. Yeah. Um, is it easy for them to feel seen and heard as well? Absolutely. Everybody gets more hands on. Like <laughs> it's uh, definitely. And there's that level of comfort that you can open up and it doesn't feel like you're talking to again, 15 people. Cause mm-hmm. you're never probably going to be able to connect with every single person if it's only a week, mm-hmm. but yeah, those, those seven or so people it's, um, there's that opportunity for closeness mm, that's and cool. intimacy. Side note. I totally keep going to yoga teacher classes that I know because I know I'm going to get hands-on adjustments. <laughs> it's a thing. It yeah. is a thing. And, uh, it was something that I thought I, I thought the yoga teachers were just like, Oh, I can tell she needs an adjustment. But when you taught us about adjustments in teacher trainings and it was only adjust on bodies that you know, I'm like, I'm going to go to all the classes of the teachers that I know because I know they're going to adjust me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, back on track, Robin. Uh, what, What is your favorite style of practice for yourself to practice? So I tend to teach the type of practice that I like to take, which is a powerful, strong practice, something that is going to challenge me, not only physically, but also mentally. So that, that ability to take the time again, to be still and soak in what you're feeling, but also be able to move in a way that's expressive. So what's a style of practice that you need more of, but you're resistant to? Mm. Probably more meditation in my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know anybody that says I meditate enough, (laughs) (laughs) but it's not even that I'm necessarily resistant to it, but it, it's, it's harder to to carve the time than it is to say, okay, well, I know I'm going to that class and there's somebody that's going to meet me there and I'll be held accountable. Mm. But meditation is, is that first thing in the morning gratitude. What are my intentions for the day? What do I need? What do I, what do I need moving forward in the, in my day and then creating a clear, vision, I guess, around what you hope to accomplish in your day and how you want to feel in your day. Do you, I know you have i I'm pretty sure I know that you have this, a core desired feelings practice. Um, I do. Do you have core ones that you kind of focus on all year or do you reevaluate throughout the year? So I feel like it's always it's always yeah evolving <laughs> but yeah i i have a few that have stuck with me throughout the years and more recently one has come into 
being and it has actually manifested itself into the name of our teacher training program, which is alignment. alignment. I'm like, like, I know the answer to this one. (laughs) So aligned or in alignment is a core desired feeling of mine Mm -hmm. to feel that connection and that sense of flow and ease that comes with being in alignment with your purpose, with being in alignment in your body, in just the general flow of where the universe wants to take you (laughs) Mm -hmm. and not being resistant to it. So that's, that's definitely a CDF Mm -hmm. core desired feeling. (laughs) Um, Inspired is another one that I continuously strive for. So to take classes from people that inspire me to read books or poetry that inspire thought to find a way to inspire myself daily. That's, that's a practice. Mm -hmm. So when you sit in meditation in the morning, do you like, let's use a line, do you kind of run over the things for the day or maybe the week and say, am I in alignment or have I, have I said yes to anything that is just not matching up to that core desired feeling? Mm. We talked about boundaries. So I wonder if this is kind of how you then set them. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like, I feel like you don't necessarily need, I I don't necessarily need meditation to get to that feeling. (laughs) I know that I said yes to something that I don't actually want to do. I know immediately in that moment that it's not something I want to do because your body lets you know, Mm -hmm. you know, you have that, you just have that reaction. You, you always know it, but to meditate on it and to say, (laughs) okay, but why did I say yes to that in the first place? Mm. Or what is it that, what is it that needs to change in order for me to to be able to say no confidently next time? Or how do I, how do I reevaluate the situation so that it, maybe I can frame it in a different way. So it is something that I could, you know, since I've already committed to it, maybe potentially <laughs> that it is something that I can enjoy doing. Oh, I love that. Or, or what do I need to let go of? To have it be in alignment. Oh, that's a really yeah. good reframe. Cause I, I think in the boundary conversation, I'm hearing it so much on podcasts and in social media. Um, and I've had guests with, um, like a very, like a clean, no belief, um, and a loving yes. Um, mm. and there's, but it's very like black and white. And so I love the thought, you know, if you have said yes to someone or something, and one of your core values is integrity, um, then to change that, you know, then means that you're not living up to a core value in your life. Yeah. So reframing it or just taking the lesson, like, wh- like, why is this bothering me? Um, it, am I letting my mind run the show? Um, or yeah, is, is my gut, my intuition speaking to me and I'm just learning, Oh, this is how I need to listen to it in the future. Exactly. Um, Oh, I think that's such a beautiful perspective that it's not as easy as just like learning how to set boundaries. And then you're always going to be great at doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, but also not creating stress. So if you have said yes, not creating stress in the body, because that's 
so much more detrimental potentially than reframing it and doing the thing that you've already committed to. Uh So on that note, if you have built up any stress in your day, um, or because you've said yes to something that's not in alignment. Um, how, do you have any daily habits of reducing your stress or stress management, whatever words are more aligned? Yeah. So something that I've been incorporating more and more into my practice is strength training. Mm-hmm. And even I've recently picked up running, (laughs) which is something that I was really resistant to in the past. And I've realized how much it, how much I can release through that breath Mm. because it's not very often, especially in yoga, the difference between yoga and any other form of physical activity or fitness is that the breath is always down-regulated. So you're down-regulating the nervous system in yoga and pretty much any other form of physical fitness, you are up-regulating. And I've never practiced allowing myself to breathe in a way like doing cardio and, and working on that breath technique while being in a state of like, my heart is racing and my blood is pumping. How do I start to, you know, regulate this, not necessarily down-regulate it, but just how do I, how am I in it (laughs) and able to manage it and still keep going, still keep moving forward. And I've been finding that, that, that that's a really, it's a really interesting practice Hmm. is that practice of running and yeah, strength training and going to the gym, going to spin and just kind of switching it up from not just yoga, but other, other forms of physical release. Hmm. That's neat. I've been reading, um, oh, it escapes me, uh, full catastrophe living. Um, my mother-in-law had gifted it to me quite some time ago and, um, I'm dealing with some new health issues. So I just picked it up because my naturopath is like, I really need you to figure out the stress management thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's only so much yoga, Epsom salt baths, meditation, acupuncture, therapy that one can do, but being present in a moment and actually learning how to move through it. um, Yeah. And not, and so like there's the premise of down regulating the nervous system as it gets amped up, but even just remembering to breathe when you're in a stressful moment is something that I don't think we're taught and athletes, those that, um, yeah, are raising their heart rate. You really have to learn how to breathe. Um, so that's kind of cool to balance that with also a yoga breath practice. Um, and see the difference between the two. Um, that's super fascinating that that's your journey right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really enjoying that for sure. And I find that the other thing is just having really dependable friends that you can call at any point in time and just say, Hey, like, this is what's going on. I'm super stressed about this. And just being able to talk it out. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important because I, I've always, 
I feel like I've always kind of kept things in and tried to deal with them myself. And I'm like, I can work through this on my own. And I'm really, <laughs> again, learning over time that mm-hmm. these people are there for you. They're there for me. I mean, I could talk to them about what's bugging me and it actually brings you closer, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, and it helps you. It helps us all mm-hmm. to talk about the things that, that are troublesome. Well, there's a reason why Brene's, Brene Brown's books, her TED Talk, her Netflix mm-hmm. series on vulnerability is just kind of spreading throughout the world and the conversations around vulnerability and um, how to have those conversations with the people that you can be vulnerable is becoming so popular because it is such a healing um, aspect to community and connection. Absolutely. Yeah. Her work is amazing. I love all of her books. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. Two more questions because I feel like I could chat with you so much longer, but I want to be careful of everyone's time. Um, I love asking my guests because I truly believe that like when we share only positives and like rosy aspects of our lives, it's not doing uh, a good service to, um, the world and the listeners. So uh, if you're comfortable, would you share a pain point and it can be large or small, uh, but just something that you're currently problem solving for in your life? So we've talked a little bit about boundaries. Uh, I think that getting very clear on my own intentions or my own needs is something that I'm something that I'm working on. It's like, how do I communicate what it is that I need and not work off of the energy of other people? Because I can be a chameleon in that sense. So I see somebody that I'm in a relationship with somebody that they want something specific. And I'm like, oh yeah, for sure. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) And being able to to communicate clearly that this is what I want. This is what I need in a loving way. Hmm. All the throat chakra opening. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, it has been absolutely a joy. I love what you're doing in this world. I'm so glad you said yes to this podcast. But will you leave the listeners with? my favorite question of the show, but what does happiness mean to you? So happiness to me is less of a tangible feeling and more of sort of this underlying sense of ease. So you're feeling like you are in alignment, that you're in the flow of life, Mm -hmm. that you're remembering that connection that you have to the entire world around you and that you have trust in that process that life is happening for you, not to you. Mm. So there is that sense of ease that, that comes with a feeling of happiness for me. Mm. I absolutely love it. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Robin, for having me. 
Thank you for listening to the Alpha Female Podcast. Be sure and visit robinbaldwin.com, that's Robin with a Y, B-A-L-D-W-I-N, for access to show notes and other amazing blogs. If you loved this episode of the Alpha Female Podcast, be sure to head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review so more amazing Alpha Females are able to find this content. It's so very much appreciated that you take this small effort to help this show succeed. This podcast has been brought to you by the following sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Four Sigmatic, the most popular mushroom product on the market. So I've been obsessed with the Chagra mushroom tea since forever. I drink it in the afternoon for a high dose of antioxidants and the hot cacao mix with reishi mushrooms is absolutely amazing in the evening as a treat, but also to signal to my body that it's time to relax. So use the promo code alphafemale, all one word, at checkout for 10% off. That's promo code alphafemale at checkout for 10% off. This episode is sponsored by Anupaya. Anupaya in Sanskrit actually means pathless path. So Anupaya is an outdoor-inspired lifestyle brand offering gorgeous apparel and goods for your everyday adventures, helping you get outside and look damn good while you're at it. They are committed to sourcing responsible and ethical products and using sustainable and post-consumer recycled materials. They also have a one-pound promise, so they commit to taking care of shared wild spaces by removing a pound of waste for every product sold by hosting and funding community cleanups across Canada and around the world. So I recently became a brand ambassador for them this year in 2019. And after absolutely loving a toque and a coffee tumbler that I bought for them over a year ago, I decided to ask them if I could be an ambassador. So if you follow me on IG, you'll see the wool blanket that I recently got. And it's featured in many of my posts and IG stories. I wrap it around me when I spend time in morning meditation. So take a look at all of their stuff. They have amazing hats. The blankets are just so cozy. If you want to get any of their stuff, you can use the code alphafemale for 15% off at checkout. So that's the code alphafemale, all one word, for 15% off at checkout on all products.